Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. story is the celestial toy maker but first let's get to this whiskey of the week this week we are drinking Kalido creek do you know anything about Kalido creek no i just know that if this is a spec spec so i'm a little nervous sure well <laughs> Kalido creek is uh one of those places the texas Battle, Independence, Texas oh, War, Goliad, okay. and the Alamo, and gotcha. all that shit. Okay. This has to do this with that. that. This is like that kind of area. Mm. This is paying, you know, homage to the area. Mm-hmm. This is going to be another one where, not distilled in Texas, mm. but shipped here, bottled here, aged here. Gotcha. Um, so. Where is it distilled? Do we know? The U.S. Somewhere in somewhere the Midwest. In the, okay. So the website says somewhere like a Midwest distillation. So they're even pretty vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it is a blended whiskey, so it's a whole bunch of whiskeys that are blended to different. That's why it's so them. vague. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but this was said that it wasn't like you know that it was pretty good. So okay. we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's very light whiskey. Yeah. The box. The box. <laughs> The bottle is really interesting. I like the bottle. It's really it cute. feels very um, paddly, weapony. Definitely could sneak this into like a club or something. Oh, it definitely. Like, it's a good like. It reminds, it's a, like a saddlebag whiskey. Mm-hmm. It, you can see where that inspiration comes mm-hmm. from, where this is kind of like a big ass flask. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the part of the charm. I just recently found my Davy Crockett flask. See? Yeah. Those have to go together. It says. So if you ever want to sneak some drinks into the club. Coletto Creek, the bottle will let you do Coletto that. Coletto Creek, Coletto Creek, Coletto, Coletto, Colado. I don't think it's. That. <laughs> it is a nice little. Um, Coleco, Colecto, Colecto. No, it's got a nice little thing on the bottle top that says Texas Strong, mm-hmm. like anything that'll oh, give me know. a Texas Strong. Mm-hmm. Hold it. Probably shouldn't pour this one right next to it. Oh, yeah. There you go, my dear. Come on. Cheers. All right, smell. Smells like whiskey. I, I smell a little vanilla in there. Mm, I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not a little. If vanilla were rubbing alcohol. Yeah, if, if if Bath and Body Works made alcohol, right? <laughs> this smells like warm vanilla sugar. Yeah, it does. It does. It does though. Oh my god! Yeah, that was my signature scent. Still kind no, of is. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I hate. Are you a I cherry blossom that. kind no, of gal? No, no. I don't think that I have used or gone into a, one of those places since the. Um, cucumber melon phase of mm. bath and body it's too heavy mm-hmm. of a scent mm. we have one down the street yeah and when i walk past their door instant i could vomit oh wow uh yeah. it's so it's i can't deal with this the uh, sense but you know if you like it i mean this is not make me vomit but that's good. no this actually smells real good but i like vanilla mm-hmm. it's one and of alcohol. the <laughs> and alcohol <laughs> i like vanilla and alcohol long walks on the beach you know <laughs> Oh, not bad. It is. You know what? This is the new it's, boiled chicken. It's very vanilla. This is this is boiled chicken with bay leaves in it, and like a an onion. And I say that just because there's a little bit of a taste there, but besides that, it's flat. It's too vanilla for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sweeter very, on the sweeter it's, side. It's like. It very much is like somebody added just too much vanilla extract to something. Mm-hmm. It's it's too right it's there on the, the tip, tip of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. there, the front of my mouth. I'm like, 
I'm afraid I'm gonna like. It's like I'm afraid I'm gonna bowl somebody over with vanilla scent instead of like having eaten garlic and yeah. similar. Yeah. Too heavy. Do you know? It, you know it's bad when you can go like <sighs> with a closed mouth and still yeah. taste the vanilla. Yeah. It's just swimming so in there. Which I think could make this for a interesting cocktail whiskey. Or a dessert whiskey. Or a dessert whiskey. But it's not necessarily something that I feel like I want to drink by itself. Or if you're being introduced to the world of whiskey recently, this could Maybe. be a good intro. But only if on you the like sweeter side. Yeah, it's that heavy vanilla that I just Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still like, lingering. It's like there. It's like nasty candy. You know, like yes. when nasty candy has that like yes. flavor that just won't go away, but is very much artificial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of, yeah, it, 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 rem- oh, I'm sorry, Cleveland Creek. This is, to me, this is very rude, but <laughs> it reminds me of the fact that Pepsi has that acrid chemical taste mm-hmm. to it. That is the reason, like, if you like Pepsi, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. I grew, was raised in Coke country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Pepsi to me has this, like, acrid chemical taste to it that is mm-hmm. the reason I can't drink it because, like, why mm-hmm. would I want to drink fake even yeah. though i know coke is fake. like i know that it's not a great product it like is used to like take blood off of the cement coke is not a great product either um it's it helps melt the stuff off batteries it does because it's hugely corrosive and they used to sp- and coca-cola used to i'm not sure if they do anymore wouldn't surprise me if they did uh sponsor inmate rodeos around the south so oh, good job coca-cola cheap Another trash news. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we got plenty of that coming up. So so we've established that you think this is kind of boiled chicken. I think this is kind of Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of score do you give it? Mm, I'm going to say a six because it's, smooth enough for me to be able to drink a little bit of it and mm-hmm. enjoy like have mm-hmm. a conversation or if I just want like a not so strong mm-hmm. dram at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah because this is only 80 proof yeah but the 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 part that throws me off is the vanilla yeah. lingering and there's not there's no burn really to it like mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like in my esophagus was more of a burn I think it's a solid six. Yeah, I, I'm feeling a six as well. Partially because I can see where if van, if you are a big vanilla junkie that this could appeal. I also think this would be a really good cocktail mixer mm-hmm. for something. I'm sure that you can play around with this flavor palette, mm-hmm. which is beyond me. But You could definitely build right. on this. Yeah. It's not going to be such a prominent yeah. flavor. It's, so it's just, it's just not my whiskey. Like, it's not going to be my pick. I'll mm-hmm. never buy it again. But mm-hmm. I can see. But it's not bad. It's just not something that truly appeals to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like a six. Yeah. I agree. Deal. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the, the surprisingly complex episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. Yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> this week, we're discussing the Celestial Toymaker. It ran from April 2nd to April 23rd of 1966. Things that happened during the run. I didn't get an exact date on this, but the first artificial heart was put in in Texas. Interesting. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting. Mm. Science yeah. advancements. Medical center. <laughs> yeah. Go Texas. Woo. Who knows if it was us or who knows what else. April 3rd. The Soviet Luna 10 is the first human-made thing to orbit the moon. Hmm. Uh, April 7th. America recovers a lost H-bomb off the Mediterranean. Great. So, you know. Just depositing our shit globally. Go America. What else is new? (laughs) April 8th, Time did a God is Dead cover that was highly controversial and nobody knew it was coming. And this is back in the time where you would go to the newsstand, right? So you would just walk past all these newsstands, just black cover, red font, huge, just... God is dead. Great. Yeah. 
And it, and I think it was actually like a looking into things like Nietzsche and the growth in uh, social psychology and all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. was happening during this time. But that's what they chose to go with. Yeah. So it's attention grabbing. Sure. It absolutely was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very controversial. Mm-hmm. April 12th, the first B-52 bombing of Vietnam. So, you know, yeah. again. Um, in actual good news, we're going to take a breather here. Okay. April 18th, Bobby Gibb becomes the first woman to run the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Women couldn't compete in the events longer than one and a half miles because our bodies were physically incapable of doing it. Bitch, please. We give, we, we bear children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We've been bearing children without fucking medical shit, without medicine. And if you often and if you often do it, it's fine. And a lot of people die for it. So fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. We've given our lives for the sake of humanity. Uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah, so she actually competed in the Boston Marathon. She didn't win it, but she uh, masked herself as a dude and like started running and it became like a big deal and she competed again, again in it again kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's breaking gender boundaries in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Now, April 20th, which was... But 20, smoke up! Not this guy. <laughs> he loses his weed rights. He's lost his rights. Um, so this is three days before the last episode airs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to give you a nice um, idea of what some of this is, what we're going to be talking oh, about course, today. Of course. There's a guy named Enoch Powell, mm-hmm. and he's an MP, mm-hmm. basically a senator, mm-hmm. senator kind of dude, mm-hmm. right? And he made a speech that is now referred to as the Rivers of Blood. Right. Right. And it's an incredibly racist and anti-immigration hate speech as he's on campaign. Perfect. Sounds right. familiar? Right. <laughs> Very that. And so this is kind of the atmosphere of what is going on in the UK is like nowhere in the world are we really having like a super great time. Mm-hmm. Like we're not really having fun. Everyone's fucked. Everybody's fucked. We're in the height of the civil rights movement in America. And so the UK would have been watching that very closely, pretending like they don't have race issues. But right? you had a whole minstrel show on for 20 years. And you've got this guy punditing around on this anti-immigration platform. Mm-hmm. And we only saw what? Last episode mm-hmm. with the monoids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this these highly racial overtones mm-hmm. that's trying to say shit about uh, colonialism and imperialism in a way that we don't like anymore. You yeah. know, that's not a that's not a good thing. Yeah. So we're kind of in a fraught time, mm-hmm. I think, when it comes to do we talk about this kind of stuff or do we not talk about this stuff, and how much allowance do we give? Mm-hmm people living in 1966 so mm-hmm. that will definitely be something we talk about through this yeah um now this story was written by brian hales and an uncredited donald tosh and directed by bill sellers do any of those names mean anything to you can you say that one more time uh brian hales donald tosh and bill sellers tosh tosh has been our script editor mm. for a while but mm-hmm. he's not anymore and today mm. we're going to talk about why he's not oh great So this is the one and only time Bill Sellers works with Doctor Who, our director. Hmm. But I know him because he created the show All Creatures Great and Small, which I'm pretty sure is available on BritBox, where we watch Doctor Who. And I'm only familiar with the show because I was a weird little fucker. And as a kid, read these veterinary books about an English veterinarian out in the countryside and it's about how he has to like travel to farms and like help oh so cows you would love birth. disney plus yeah 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 <laughs> yeah is it on there no, not that but there's oh. shows where like there's vets that go rural vets yeah mm-hmm. it's very much a rural vet book mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i read those as a kid and the and the bbc actually did a show on them and mm. our current director for this episode created that show gotcha brian hales our writer is a first-time Doctor Who writer, but we'll see him more in the future. In total, he'll write six stories. Okay. Now, he was unavailable for script rewrites, so that's why Tosh did a lot of them. Gotcha. And since he wouldn't be script editor at the time, he it was easier for him to be considered the head writer mm-hmm. or sole writer. Okay. But the original plan for the script was to basically do a reference to an absurdist theater piece called Margaret and George. Mm-hmm. And that's where our two, our dude and lady came from in the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be Margaret or George. Mm. And 
But then when they rewrote the script to do that, the guy that owned the copyright for Margaret and George was like, no, this is some shit. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that he was like the head of drama for the BBC. Oh, perfect. Right. <laughs> so he was like, no, 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 I don't like this. So then they had to rewrite it again. Oh, right. Okay. And Tosh was like, no, I don't like that. So he took his name out. Oh, okay. And so Jerry, our current script editor, did the last rewrites but he can't be credited as the sole writer and the script editor at the same time. Oh, gotcha. So that's why Hales keeps the script writing credit, even though what we're left with is almost nothing like what he originally wrote. Mm-hmm. We're also getting rid of John Wiles as producer because of this episode. Mm. And so we're taking in Ennis Lloyd as our new producer. Now, Ennis doesn't like science fiction and he didn't particularly like doctor who great so we have a really enthusiastic producer so maybe that's why all these fucking episodes are lost <laughs> i mean maybe <laughs> who knows if you put a hit on them he was just like yeah. yeah all this shit get out of here so when the doctor went invisible john wiles wanted a different actor to appear when he came back mm. they wanted this to be it mm-hmm. for william hartnell interesting and then the bbc was like hey william hartnell would you like to stay on for several more episodes and he was like well yeah and so john wiles said fuck all of you and said i'm done did they have beef yeah 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 this is the one with vicky yeah he wrote vicky out he hasn't Uh, gotten along with will so he's just an emotional terrorist right yeah so he's (laughs) like fuck this shit i'm out yeah and walks and that's why Donald Tosh also resigned. So they resigned. He resigned in solidarity. Right. Real drama. You know, you stuck to your morals. Yeah. You know, good, good for, for you. you. You're yeah. out of a job, but good for you. You know, longest running show in science fiction. You could have. I hope fine. you have savings. Yeah. I mean, not that they were making barely a whole lot. <laughs> One of the things so that we do have to thank Wiles for, and all of the bad stuff, is he is the reason that we only have four episode stories now. He said, the Dalek's master plan is a bad idea. Yeah. It fucking was. Let's only let's do it shorter. And so the we now, for the most part, have four episode stories for Classic Who. And it's pretty much his doing. Mm. Good job. Ennis Lloyd was personally recommended by Sidney Newman, who was one of the creators of Dr. Who. So that's why he gets involved. Gotcha. <clears throat> and we will Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Uh, and we'll see him starting to make more changes as we go through as well. Now, famous faces. The celestial toy maker, Michael Goh, Goth, Go, was born in Kuala Lumpur, which is in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, but he's still super white and doesn't make it okay that he was playing a Chinese guy. He was also Alfred Pennyworth in the 90s Batman movies. Mm. And... He was actually an incredibly prolific actor, but mostly in horror films for British television. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. With this premise. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been probably a recognizable face mm-hmm. to the audience. And it's another cast where we actually have a pretty prolific cast. It's just all in British television that neither of us would have watched. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't bother listing out lists of t- titles that neither of us know. All of this story was assumed to be lost, but in the spring of 1984, a 16-millimeter telerecording was found in the vault of ABC Australia, and that's why we have the fourth episode now. Mm. According to the authors of About Time, this story actually had a really good reputation. Everybody On paper, this was like, oh, what an incredible idea. This is look, this perfect for Doctor Who. This must have been an amazing episode, and it had this incredible reputation as a lost gem. And then they found the fourth episode. And they were like, oh, fuck. Oh, this is What happened? Gem. What? Ha- oh, my God. We've been wrong. This is crazy. That We have been so wrong. So this is, this is like when you, like, chat with someone online. <laughs> they got catfished. Yes. Yes. They absolutely got catfished by their own product. Yeah. Woo. Wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Catfishing one of, since 1966. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from this is... Uh, they basically had three episodes worth of ideas and two episodes worth of budget for a four-episode story. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Some words. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. Uh, and and we also have to remember Loose Cannon, who we watched is who we watched the reconstructions with. They released all of those in 1999. Mm. So there's a huge chunk of time mm-hmm. where 
if there's no more reruns and all we have is what's on paper and they've all and they've been junked mm -hmm. you're really only having the script and the audio and then we have that last episode in 84 and then we don't even have the first three episodes really until loose cannon mm -hmm. so you can kind of see where people could have really not known what mm -hmm. had been put on screen mm -hmm. until they did and then it was bad until they did yeah um there is a a myth around the trilogic game that the doctor plays where peter purvis said that he took that home with him as uh, the guy that plays steven mm -hmm. took it home with him as like a ooh, prop from set oh isn't this so cute cute whatever mm -hmm. and then after he after he left doctor who he was unemployed for a year until he got rid of the trilogic game and within like two hours of getting rid of the trilogic game he got a call to be a main on another show and then quickly got blue peter which is like a one of the long-running children's television and he's mostly known for his work on blue peter now mm. so it was like the bbc like until you return this game yeah but, we're no, not no, going to <laughs> yeah right <laughs> we're gonna give you a damning re uh, recommendation house right to get rid of the trilogic game <laughs> what a dumb word <laughs> all right so Production notes out of the way. Mm -hmm. What were your first impressions of the Celestial Toymaker? It's definitely a common plot that we're seeing more now. Uh, and the most recent resurgence of this type of plot was Squid Game. Squid Game. Mm -hmm. That's not in my synopsis at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it also reminded me a lot of the Saw movies. Granted, I uh, have never seen a Saw movie, but I, I know that the premise yeah, is... It, you wouldn't like them. A guy is fucking with people yeah. because they did some fuck shit. Yeah. And this is you teaching them a lesson. Yeah. And fucking with them psychologically, yeah. making them believe like they're going to leave. Mm -hmm. But they're never going to leave unless mm -hmm. they like mutilate themselves. It's like death row. Right. Right. Death fucking row. <sighs> you know, Texas still has the death penalty. Yeah. And most of the people that are on death row are on death row based on faulty evidence. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's the lack of systemic change and the lack of attorneys willing to take on cases like that. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot of work. But anyways, we can dive deeper into that later. But... <clears throat> That was my first impression was like, oh, we've seen this before. Mm -hmm. And this is going to kind of my spoil, like the baddie score. But the psychological games, mm. to me, mm -hmm. are the fucking worst. Worst. Are the worst. Yeah. And the fact that he took something so innocent, like mm -hmm. toys, mm -hmm. and those goddamn fucking clowns. Uh. Like are that, you not a clown person? No, I don't care. I don't. I don't like. I don't clowns. not care about clowns. Yeah. Like I, they don't scare me or anything. Yeah. But I could definitely see, especially the way that they yeah. those clowns were in like yeah. old school clowns. Yeah. Like I can see how they creepy as fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it was. It was very much. Like I'm. I know where this is gonna go. Sure. And I'm excited to see what happens next because at least in, in from the last episode and from stuff that the doctor and the toy maker were talking about previously, mm -hmm. there's history there. And yeah. this is a figure that he has encountered before yeah, and that he will encounter again. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, Oh, this is like another Dalek style, mm -hmm. style baddie that mm -hmm. is going to be a continuous presence throughout mm -hmm. maybe classic who maybe mm -hmm. new who, who knows, but it's going to, he's going to be around. Yeah. So those are my first impressions. Yeah, I, rem I vaguely remember watching this one originally. Um, I was very, uh, there's a strong impression, I think I talked last time, of Dodo and Steven's costumes, and then the Celestial Toymaker is definitely an image, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting, the gameplay aspect, especially with uh, Squid Game being such a huge, huge thing kind of recently. Yeah. I I'm not bowled over by it. Mm-mm. But I can see where it's the begin. It, it strikes me again as maybe something that was ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. The attempt was valid. I think they were shooting for the moon and kind of just like tumped over <laughs> that kind of an idea. This it, it's that whole thing that on paper this looks incredible. I mean, it's a kids show too, so you're limited by 
how far you can yeah. take it to make your point. Yeah, but they didn't make any. They didn't end up making really any point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think it's because they were probably limited to the fact that it was a children's yeah. show. They had to like boil it down, mm. but boiled it down so much that there was nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. They boiled. They definitely went too far, mm-hmm. and uh, almost in like every regard, it was too far. And you also there was no life in our main characters mm-hmm. i felt mm-hmm. it was very much about everybody another one of those stories where they put too much focus on the in, the characters we're introducing and not enough into our characters mm-hmm. there was no sense of what's happening with us mm-hmm. they haven't found that balance yet right it was okay for me mm-hmm. uh, i'm definitely interested to talk about the daddy stuff though because mm-hmm. that is an interesting part of the episode yeah so the synopsis hit it this week, the TARDIS gang show us that playing children's games with death on the line has long been a trope. Squid Game is still the best, especially since it's not racist. As we watch the Doctor fade into nothing, which forces Steven to finally get his hero moment. And by hero moment, I mean his sass got turned up to 11. Did I mention the racism? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot. TARDIS points? Yeah, let's do it. Dimensions in space. Oh, I thought you were pointing to it in your notebook. I was like, that's <laughs> No, I, I, I spelled it out. Oh, nice. Okay. That's why I, I was that's like, that's okay. Do. It's like what I did in law school. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> you got it. Woo! So now let's talk about terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. Which I think with this whiskey, I'm going to get more of a headache than intoxicated. Yeah. In fact, do you want to switch to a different one? Yeah, fuck it. Which one did you want to do? So, TARDIS points. How did we feel about the Doctor? The Doctor. I felt like because he had history with the Toymaker and he knew all the fuck shit that the Toymaker pulls. Yeah. uh, I felt like it brought out a more nurturing, protective side. Sure. um, With, like, his, you know warning them of like stuff happening and then to the point where the toy maker took away his voice yeah um so i felt like in that sense i liked him a little bit more just because i I could see i guess the trauma a little bit sure in the way that he was communicating with folks but that's it that's it that's really it because he was just in the room with the toy maker all the time, building some shit that looked like the... Did you ever do the cups in middle school? Yes. The stacking? Yes. That's what it reminded me yeah. of. Yeah. Well, I've actually played that. My grandmother had one of those. Not of like a 12 stack or a mm-hmm. 9 stack like he had. It was more like 5 or 7. Mm. But just for the record, I've been able to beat that game since I was about 4. <laughs> It's really not a hard game. It's a <laughs> pattern, and I can imagine with like nine discs that it is definitely, it's more laborious. Mm-hmm. But it's just, once you get the pattern, it's kind of like uh, people who can solve Rubik's Cubes really fast. Mm-hmm. They've learned the pattern of how it all moves, right. and so it's not actually a puzzle anymore. It's just a it's sequence. Just a, yeah. That game, Trilogic, also commonly known as the Towers of Hanoi, uh, Hanoi being the capital of Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, that the now capital of Vietnam. So the doctor... You kind of liked him better. I kind of liked him better just because he showed that that more like he he wasn't selfish in the sense that sure. he was he risked himself. He did to try to save his homies, but also yeah. because he knew that without the TARDIS he couldn't. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's also like what yeah, you know, yeah what yeah, was yeah. the real what's um, what was the reason yeah what's the reason yeah exactly yeah, absolutely uh, I, I don't have a lot of notes. He was vanished, and then he was intangible, and then he didn't have a voice. And then he came back for a second, but then he went away. Like, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes it tough. Yeah. Because he really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a vacation episode. It does. It does. Uh, I, I did think it was interesting that we established that he had, he had interacted with the Celestial Toymaker before. 
And there is a novelization called Divided Loyalties that kind of deals with that interaction. Mm. They talk about even in the episode where it's that situation where the doctor kind of landed and then took off again mm-hmm. and didn't really, cause he didn't get involved with the game last time. Mm-hmm. So the toy maker has mm-hmm. been waiting for him to come back, but mm. we haven't played this game that I could beat when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's not really all that high stakes. Mm-hmm. And then the toy maker plays half the game for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those episodes that I would recommend if I wanted to give you insight into the doctor, obviously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can't, be too gracious towards him because there wasn't much of him. Yeah, exactly. So what kind of score do you give him? Mm, I would say probably a 4.5 and the 0.5 is just coming from that little, little, little bit of like, maybe I'm not selfish. Sure. Maybe. 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 That's it though. That's cool. I gave him a two. Oh, fuck. Because like, he didn't do anything and when he, when he was there, he didn't do anything. He didn't do much. He was just there so two how'd you how'd you feel about your personal bff of all time (laughs) mr steven i fucking hated that yeah he was just really annoying first of all him and dodo on the quest it just felt like two children (laughs) one playing games yeah like I, i wrote like they are quite the duo because they're both childish yeah but they also, because they're being childish, they also had a lot of tood that Ooh. they were giving the toy maker. Steven came out mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. fuck being polite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you something. Right, exactly. And then, you know, he was guessing at the riddle. So, like, it's, you know, he, he's trying to, to be yeah. smart and trying to, you know. <laughs> he's trying to be smart. <laughs> But the part that annoyed me the most that I had to write about was when he was telling Dodo to fight and to get out of the chair when she was clearly fucking stuck Why in the chair. Why can't he just pull, him, pull her out of the chair? Right, like, you fight, fight, fight. And you're seeing that you she's, can, I can't, you know what this is like? This is reminding me of when Carrie Bradshaw saw big fucking dying of a heart attack in the shower at this revamp, this Sex in the City revamp episode he dies in the first episode spoiler alert big dies in the first revamp episode and it's fucking trash because you let the love of your life just die on the shower floor you don't call 911 i'm gonna tell you um (laughs) the only thing i've watched of sex in the city i tried to watch it one time and the first episode is such gutter trash (laughs) just offensive bullshit yeah that i can't watch it and so i have absolutely no sympathy for any of you assholes that are invested <laughs> in the fact that big died because who the fuck cares it's a terrible show to be fair i've only seen the movies okay that's better <laughs> it's like if i were to sit here to me it's uh, very similar if i was trying to like sit here and truly defend anything that like gossip girl has to say or like friends or even like how i met your mother where it's they were very good in their day Mm -hmm. but if you watch them now they age they do not age well Mm -hmm. and i watched sex in the city after it had not aged well it was just i just felt like it was lazy lazy writing that's because samantha wasn't in it that's the only thing i know oh no yeah and and even the way that they dealt with her not being there was just very lazy yeah like how are you supposed to have blanche not in the golden girls you can't do it right you can't do it you have to have blanche fucking do it but anyways um r.i.p betty white r.i.p r.i.p the goat but steven yeah so steven the opposite of betty white (laughs) steven steven so that's the part that really annoyed me the most was like you are seeing literally with your eyes and Mm-hmm. you talking about this is not going to help, which is a common theme in just society. Correct. You Correct. Know? <laughs> Correct. So yeah, so I, you know, it didn't really help me feel a lot better about him. I, I connected with him with his ability to just say what is on his mind at this point. But besides that, there was, I mean, I got more from the clowns. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> so rude. Honestly, not, I mean, I felt like the background characters were more at the, fr- up the, at the front. It's what I talked about during the first impressions mm-hmm. is that the, they really did give more creativity and mm-hmm. oomph to the background characters mm-hmm. where I kind of almost saw the value in Steven for this story mm-hmm. is the sass. Mm-hmm. 
He was mouthy as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed the mouth. But I also feel like out of our duo this week, he probably kept them alive. Yeah. Dodo is dumb as fuck. Yeah. And Steven is dumb as fuck. But he at least... He's got a morality a little bit. And he was like, we're playing a game. All of these things are being sent to us by the Toy Master, which means they're in our way. Like, they're the reason... Like, they're trying to divert mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. We need to keep ignoring them. Mm -hmm. And we need to keep remembering that they're not real. Like, they're not real humans. Mm -hmm. and, and all of that I can really appreciate because he was trying to get them to the goal, goal-oriented, mm -hmm. keep it moving. Maybe a little plot drivey, but mm -hmm. fairly was like this these people are sent by the Toy Master. We shouldn't be trust like there's no reason to trust them. So and so what you said about them being not being human, that's the part that kind of confused me in the whole story. Yeah. Because some of what what comes to light in the later I mean, they episodes, are human. Right, like they're the prisoners, right? They're the people that yeah. lost the game. They've lost the stuck. game, so they're turned into dolls. Into dolls. Okay. That's the part that I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. And and you know, and I think that the conversation of are they human or aren't they human that Dodo and Steven have a couple of times throughout the show is very interesting. Mm -hmm. But in the situation, Steven technically has the right mindset because you're not free you, you need to get the fuck out of there. Right. The best situation is you getting out. Right. Therefore, unfortunately, you kind of have to remember that they are dolls, even if they were humans. This is not the space where you get to save them. Right, exactly. You need to get the fuck out. Right. Or you'll it's, be stuck. Or you'll be stuck. Yeah. It's like the... That's not on, one of the options. Put on your mask, air mask, before putting it on your neighbor. Right. So you need to save you and yourself first. Mm -hmm. And Steven definitely has that mindset, so I can't be totally against him in this episode because mm -hmm. he is the reason he and Dodo survive. He is the reason that we get to the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you give him? A 5.5. I gave him a 6. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, I thought it was honestly one of his better showings. Mm -hmm. Uninspiring. It's, it's been like a slow build up yeah. to this lackluster climax. Yeah, like he's still, I think, kind of a boring person. Mm -hmm. But as we've kind of been seeing, he's got a moral stance. Mm -hmm. And he's he's pretty strong in his belief systems. Where he, And he's not really wavering as a character. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of dumb. Mm -hmm. And not funny dumb. Mm -hmm. Just dumb. Just dumb. Yeah. And so it's painful to watch sometimes. But if I can have more of this sass, mm -hmm. I'll be more entertained. Mm -hmm. Because when, um, what's the baddie Cyril at the end? Mm -hmm. Cyril? Mm -hmm. Cyril? Cyril? Cyril. The, the fucking schoolboy, right? Schoolboy, yeah. Mm -hmm. When he showed up and when he was like, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And Steven goes, when you grow up. <laughs> <laughs> old bitch <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about when you grow up and he just had a couple of moments where he was like what la la land are we living in mm -hmm. and if we had had this the whole time he can be dumb if he's calling all the bullshit out mm -hmm. i don't know i just felt like it was this episode was like edging for steven yeah yeah well <laughs> didn't remember, quite take you over the threshold remember when we watched the reanimation of galaxy four mm -hmm. and both of us were like oh steven is sassy mm -hmm. look at this sassy steven mm -hmm. this reminded me of sassy steven mm -hmm. and i don't know if sassy steven is just in my wants and dreams mm -hmm. or if he's real yet mm -hmm. so that brings us to dodo dodo how did we feel about dodo this story bro <laughs> you lived up to your namesake oh bless her very just very naive, very much just, she was an exercise in what not having critical thinking skills looks like. When she sat in that chair, mm -hmm. like, just girl, could you throw a shoe at it or something? Girl. Like, like girl, that's like G-R-R-R-R-L. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, yours is more PC, but mine was like, bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you know, like, there's different inflections yeah. of bitch. This one was like, oh, bitch, you know? <laughs> like, come on, girl. Girl. <laughs> yeah. I, but the one part that I did connect with her on is at the very, very beginning when Dota was like, the doctor was like, yeah, let's go. Come on. Let's, like, let's, let's explore. And she was like, fuck no. I'm not running out there. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of how I feel about scary movies and how like yeah. 
I would never go into the fucking scary looking house. Yeah. I wouldn't go down that fucking dark ass street. Yeah. So that's the only part that I think I was like, ha ha, I would say that too. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. One of the things that I wrote down was that she did point out that even if the toy maker did turn all of these dolls, like these people into dolls, that they are still alive and that they do deserve to be treated with some shred of humanity. And I did appreciate that that was Dodo talking to Steven because Steven does have this moralistical inclination Mm -hmm. as we saw in the last episode. And Mm -hmm. for Dodo to remind him of his moral compass in the middle of all of this, Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting again i can't like quite place how old she's supposed to be Mm -hmm. because there are some times where she seems very mature she's the actress at least has to be kind of older she's a very mature voice Mm -hmm. it's like i couldn't pass for 16 anymore there are some times 21 (laughs) thanks and so i did like that that she kind of had this whole, because I'm big on one of my big fears with like AI is Mm -hmm. that the second something establishes consciousness, you give it full rights. And who are you to decide that that other entity doesn't have consciousness? So I did kind of like that. It's kind of like in the middle of the last episode where all of a sudden you got this really nice scene from Steven. Mm -hmm. This kind of felt the same to me. Like this is my social justice moment. Mm -hmm. This is to remind that everybody at home that we're going to be humane. Mm -hmm. And then it moved on into being just absolute idiocy. Yeah. So Dodo's just, I don't know. There was the one time where they had like big doors and they were like, OMG, what do we do? Oh, these are such big doors. I bet it's a puzzle. And all of a sudden Dodo goes, I know, let's pull instead. And that was such a good microcosm for what this whole fucking episode was. Right. Was push doors that you needed to pull instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the level of dumb I feel like we have been dealing with, especially in these, even with all of the baddies that they have to interact with, there's just a level of dumb across the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this could have been proper scary. We, mm-hmm. it's in, and it's why I think that maybe this was just done too early. Or with a not enough budget or something. There's something missing from it where it could have been done well because we've, you know, you brought up Saw, but, you know, I, I was definitely reminded of Squid Game. And the fact that children's games with high stakes can be terrifying. Right. And they were also born from really fucked up shit. Yeah. Zinger around the Rosie. Yeah. Well, a lot of these were, and the concept, you know, just last episode we had, we were talking about minstrels, but we go into clowns, you know, we go into the, you know, the cook and in a Victorian sense, very much a beauty and the beast, Mrs. Potts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we, and we'll go into more of these in the next section in batty. Cause I think each one of them is interesting, but then you get into the schoolboy, and mm-hmm. he's really fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know, and then our big bad, there's just so much to it that could have been super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dodo wasn't one of them. So what do you give Dodo? I think she's also on par with Steven, 4.5. You gave him a 5.5? Do you want to match that? I gave him a 5.5? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'll match that because I feel like she did a little bit better than he did. Oh, okay. In terms of... No. mm -mm. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're going to stay at a 4. You want a 4? Yeah, we're going to stay at a 4. Solid 4. And I say that because she really lived up to her namesake. She had a couple splotches of, of genius. But then she went, she reverted right back. Yeah. She gets a solid like. four points for the speech on humanity. Right. And that's it. Which is why I give her a 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I gave her 4.5 is because she like, she survived. She did the speech on humanity. That was great. But Steven was like, look, this thing is slippery. And she was like, great. Let me run and jump. You know, there was just so, so much that was very difficult with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not including the fact that that outfit is truly horrendous. horrendous yeah. Now, the what I think is actually the most interesting part of this story are our bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I mean, th- they make it pretty obvious in the beginning who our bad guy is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Celestial toy yeah. maker. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I grouped the other his like minions under him and I think that they all can all contribute to his major score oh, because they are his sure. right so how did you feel about our bad guy so like I said at the beginning and I kind of gave it away 
The Celestial Toymaker, I feel like, is going to probably take my top baddie score Ooh, up until now. Yeah. Just because of the psychological fucking journey mm-hmm. and just the play on something that's meant to be so innocent but has very, very severe mm-hmm. consequences if mm-hmm. you lose, right? Mm-hmm. It's more high stakes and that mm-hmm. is frightening. Yeah. Um, also, just the fact with a snap of his fingers, bye, voice is gone. Yeah. Oh, poof, you disappear. Yeah. Oh, ah, your TARDIS is now 10,000 TARDISes. He's the first entity we've encountered that could affect the TARDIS. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the psychological play mm-hmm. plus the skills and his abilities mm-hmm. make it for me that he's like 10, rated mm-hmm. a 10 in terms of baddie. Wow. Because also the fact that it, this kind of goes back to our earlier conversations and earlier seasons just about um, who is the one that does it more. Is yeah. the people that are acting or the, the puppet master? Mm-hmm. And in this case, He's a very good example yeah. of what a good puppet maker slash what a fucking genius villain looks like. Sure. You know, you're able to keep your hands clean. Yeah. But other people are doing your dirty work yeah. and they do it well. Yeah. I mean, his other people didn't do it well this time, though. I mean, yeah, but for the sake of like the fact that he still has this sure. group of people that he can pull from. Sure. You know, totally under his domain. It means that maybe he couldn't outsmart the doctor, mm-hmm. but he outsmarted enough people yeah. to be able to use them fair. and fuck with people. And to the point where he's bored. Yes. Yeah. You know? So that raises it to a whole new level for me. Fair. No, I, I, I can really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with you if, Anybody had been good at it, but every time that they kind of threatened something, look, I think that honestly, the scariest one for me was the school kid guy. Oh yeah. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. The, the the toy maker just continued to kind of be a, uh, I don't know, a blowhard Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like he never didn't, he never did anything that was truly terrifying. Uh, but you that's know, part of the t- terrifying right. aspect. <laughs> so there's like this threat on the horizon. I think if we ever see him again, mm-hmm. maybe I would be able to be like, oh, look, he's that terrifying. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we have enough for him quite yet. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that he can turn these thing, these people into dolls um, and the threat of like, if you win, everything disappears. And if I win, you're a doll is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So I, I can definitely see where you're where you're coming from because he is scary if it had been better written. Mm-hmm. But I almost don't want to bring his after hearing your perspective. I almost don't want to. I this is the only one today I didn't have a score before I came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily want his score to be affected by the fact that I don't think it's a great story mm-hmm. because with better writers he really could be terrifying. Mm -hmm. He could be a really intense character. Um, But he's also absolutely problematically racist. Mm -hmm. And that's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for me to watch. Uh, And I think I'll probably talk about that more in the story score. Mm -hmm. But you gave him a... A 10. You're going to give him a 10. Mm -hmm. I think in the sense of what they've established as a character, maybe not even with what we've directly seen but what they established his power to do mm-hmm. i would probably give him an eight mm-hmm. with the fact that i think that his schoolboy minion was the scariest one mm-hmm. clowns are always bad actually the ballerinas were scary as shit mm-hmm. that would be pretty awful yeah that was that was scary with the schoolboy he's actually based on a British character. Hmm. Well, I shouldn't say based. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, voiceover announcer guy at the end of episode four be like, this character is in no way, shape, or form supposed to look like, act like, sound oh, like, it. what's his fucking name? Look like, act like, sound like Billy Bunter. Now we're going to take a moment, listeners, and I'm going to show Jen a clip of Billy Bunter okay. so that she can see <laughs> what we're dealing with here. Let's see. 
He oh. was a cartoon first. Oh, okay. And yeah. they turned him into a live action. Yeah. Sound familiar? Right. Um, but so, but the, the, he's old enough that apparently the common thought is that the, that the BBC was like, oh, he, like, no one's going to have a problem with this. But the creator was still alive. And he was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Billy Bunter's not evil. Mm-hmm. He's just mischievous and kind of an asshole and racist and hugely problematic. But, <laughs> but he's not evil, you know. Uh, there, lot, there were lots of good men out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Right. Uh, so, that was alluding to Trump talking about yeah. good people. Yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, what a world we live in. FML. <laughs> yeah, so... The BBC had to be like, we did not intend for this to look like sound like when obviously they intended it to look like sound like right. be like Billy Bunter, uh, and but evil, which I thought was the best evil character, but because he was essentially controlled by the puppet master of the toy maker, toy maker gets three points. Uh, but I really did think that Billy Bunter was the scariest fucker out of all of them. Oh yeah, he was. He felt smarter even than he did. He did. He, yeah. It was like he knew mm-hmm. you were going to fuck up. Mm-hmm. From the... From, he felt very much like that guy, to take it back to Squid Game, to the guy in Squid Game, the criminal, yes. that let everybody on the... Spoiler warnings for Squid Game. Watch it if you haven't watched it. Mute this. I don't know. Skip ahead 30 seconds a minute if you haven't watched it. But in the glass... Boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that, that scene. Yeah. To, to not give anything like super away. Mm-hmm. That game. Oh, yeah. That's yes. who he felt like to The electric uh, fields uh-huh. in between. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you gave the Celestial Toymaker a 10. I mm-hmm. gave him an 8. Mm-hmm. That's going to move us into the story. So how did you, as a whole, how did you feel about the Celestial Toymaker? For me, it was just, well, like I said, like the ultimate villain and just the whole setting of everything was mm-hmm. just unsettling mm-hmm. for me the entire entire time. Now, I didn't pick up on the racial undertones, I want to say, because I was not like fully paying attention. Sure. So I'm 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 excited to see like what you caught. Yeah. Because yeah, when you said that, I was like, you know, I I was thinking it was, we were gonna have topics to talk about for like a whole different reason. Yeah. But then when you said this, I was like, oh, I really I fell asleep during that part. I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't really paying attention. I'm, I'm excited, about it. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Yeah. So I'm yeah, super I, glad that you didn't catch it because it almost reinforces the point. Mm. So yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts. When we look at something like the massacre, mm-hmm. for example. The racist overtones were like, if you want to say, like, it's almost about racism, mm-hmm. where we are talking about colonialism and imperialism. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually talking about race. Mm-hmm. In this episode, it's different, even though almost equally racist, but it's because we're not talking about race. Mm-hmm. None of the it's race. It's like the colorblind being right. colorblind. Right. It's the uh, no part of the plot notice that at this point i have not talked about race mm-hmm. and it's because none of the plot has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. it none of the character motivations have anything to do with mm-hmm. it none mm-hmm. of the moving of the plot has anything to do with it and i think it gets lost in a modern sense because we don't necessarily use the same slang mm. so celestial mm-hmm. means chinese oh I was thinking it was just like no right celestial being so the chinese word for china it's like the heavenly kingdom or the celestial kingdom oh. and the victorians used the fact that they called it the celestial kingdom to refer to people from china as celestials mm. then to get into just a little bit of like trade and things like that the chinese were shipping tea to britain at this time this is why you have a tea culture in britain is because of china thank mm. you very much mm-hmm. the silk road and all that mm-hmm. oh, that's a lot older but yeah you know mm-hmm. it's continuation of yeah and what the british were doing was intentionally shipping opium to china and so it creates the stereotype that the chinese are addicted to opium and that's mm-hmm. where we have opium dens and all this shit and mm-hmm. celestial while it does refer to chinese immigrants mm-hmm. also has a heavy opium con- connotation interesting so there is a heavy chinese opium relationship mm-hmm. in the racism of the time for him to be called the celestial toy maker and then he comes out in this ge- he's supposed to be chinese 
Mm. It's just another example of yellow face, but they didn't paint him. So mm. it's less obvious than in a character like Mavic Chen, mm-hmm. which we had not very many stories ago. Mm-hmm. Chen being a very Asian name. Mm-hmm. And so we are having a heavy dose of Asian racism mm-hmm. at the moment. Was was this a period in time where there were a lot of Asian immigrants in going to like England? I think there always kind of has been. There's not that I necessarily saw, mm-hmm. but we have the Vietnam War happening. This is where in Houston, we have the largest population of Vietnamese outside of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the refugee system that's happening because of everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that because we've got all of this altercation happening um, out east, that maybe some of this language is coming back up. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more in the vernacular because yeah. uh, you know China's communist at this point, and so they're influencing northern Vietnam. And we just came from the fucking Cold War. We're we're in we're getting we are. Not coming from the Cold War. No, the Cold War was years later. Right. (laughs) We are entering the Cold War. Yeah, we're going into that. The, 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 what is it called? The Red Panic? The Red Panic. The Red Panic. Right. Uh Yeah, we're already dealing with the Red Panic in the United States. Mm -hmm. We've already dealt with, like, Hollywood censorship, and there's, I could, uh, I love talking about, I love talking about communism. (laughs) It's very much like an evolution of racism. Absolutely. In the show that we can actually clearly see. Absolutely. And so much so that um, Elizabeth Sandifer and Tardis Eruditorum actually lifted, uh, quoted the novelization of this story. Mm-hmm. So just in case you wanted more clarification on how Chinese this man is. Mm-hmm. The toy maker was lounging in a black Chinese chair behind a lacquered Chinese desk inlaid with mother of pearl and scenes of Chinese life after the style of the willow pattern. And later... The toy maker stood up, a tall, imposing figure dressed as a Chinese Mandarin with a circular black hat embossed with a heavy gold thread, a large silver red and blue collar, and a heavy, stiffly embroidered black robe encrusted with rubies, emeralds, and diamonds, and pearls set against a background of a coiled Chinese dragon. So much of this is because he's Chinese, he's evil. Mm. notice how quickly into the story they were like this guy is evil oh yeah they, it, 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 there was no question right it, from the get-go. almost more blatant than the Daleks yeah and so much of what to the viewer at the time would have established that he was evil mm-hmm. is not that he's Chinese it's that he's a celestial mm. and so there would have been that drug connotation Mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Oh, it's like with us, with Mexico, right? What do they bring? Their worse, their drug dealers, their uh, rapists? Well, imagine, <laughs> think about the fact that, uh, especially for like a Colombian. Mm-hmm. Oh, If it's a Colombian yeah. on oh, TV, yeah. oh, there's, yeah. it's, oh, there's a coke reference. Oh, there's, there's someone coming from Colombia, let's check their bags. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and so it's a similar kind of a concept where... The racism in this episode comes from the fact that nobody talks about it. Mm. It's so ingrained. It's so systemic. It's mm-hmm. so institutionalized mm-hmm. that we don't even see it mm-hmm. because it's so of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Sandifer like got it on point mm-hmm. This for this one. Definitely. Uh, yes, there were more unrepentant racists in 1966. And so in that sense, racism was, quote, unquote, part of the culture. Mm-hmm. But so is the idea of racial equality. And the sense that maybe colonizing people and oppressing them wasn't a very nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she goes on to say that this was an explicit debate going on at the time and that these stories unashamedly associate themselves with the wrong side of the debate. You know, now that we're reading this, the whole concept of the toy maker Mm -hmm. and the using of other pawns Mm -hmm. really goes towards what we talk about and how we've discovered racism and mm-hmm. how we experience racism to today. Mm-hmm. It's me walking into the courtroom clearly with files and still being called the interpreter. Right. It's, uh, or the respondent, mm-hmm. right? It's masked in talking about white children feeling bad about themselves because they're learning history. Yeah. You know, how do you think, Little black kids feel yeah. when they learn about all the fuck shit that yeah. happened to their ancestors. Yeah. Celebrating Christopher Columbus, yeah. right, yeah. is the 
consistent point right. of trauma for native communities. Right. So like it's, it's morphed mm-hmm. and I think she captures it very, very well yeah. in the sense of you can try to make this feel good because you think we've evolved so much more, mm-hmm. but in actuality, Yes, we have evolved, but we've evolved in the oppression right. and in the way to make it systemic, right. which if you have never heard of what systemic racism is, want to explore more, definitely watch the the 13 documentary that mm. was on Netflix a couple of years ago. Yeah, so I thought it was really, in- I thought that aspect was really interesting. And if you want to use this episode as a context to be able to talk about racism in terms of the Eastern world, then I think this episode is something to give you. However, the whole concept, there is still a lot of people who are like, let's bring back the toy maker. No, absolutely not. We should not bring back the toy maker. Even if you want to suddenly, you, you, cause you can't erase the racism out of the toy maker. Right. Because his name is the celestial toy maker. Exactly. His name is the Chinese toy maker. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you just can't erase that. Which also, that brings a new connotation to modern day China, mm. you know, mm. <laughs> toys, yeah. goods, <laughs> everything's made in China, controlling the product supply chain. Uh. All of this is a long winded way to say, what's your story score? Well, now with this new added information, yeah. I don't yeah. like it. I'm going to give it a zero. <gasps> wow. I think because it- of the racism. Because of the covert racism, I think that I could have dealt with it a little bit better had it been very overt. Yeah. But because this was so much of its time, yeah. not the racism, just the, the terms, yeah. I missed yeah. those tones. So I, I, so to me, because it was so masked yeah. in... It was so institutionalized that you couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. You know, and, and that's the true that's villain. Scar- that's scary. That's the true villain. And I'm almost mad. I, I mean, I can't really blame myself for missing it, but just like, it just it just really goes to show. Um, so you gave it a zero. Yeah. I gave it a one. Because it gets a little bit of a point because, look at the conversation we got to have. I think as a historical piece, it is really important because it shows us exactly what was the systemic racism of the time. What was racism of the era so much so that nobody felt like they needed to comment on it? Mm-hmm. And the fact that people today are still talking about, oh, it was are a we bring product this- of their time. It's a product of their time and... You know, spoiler warnings for people out there. The Celestial Toy Maker is not in New Who. And people still want him to come back. But it's because I'm going to guarantee that the modern audience doesn't, number one, doesn't know that Celestial means Chinese and is racist and has these, you know, drug undertones. But also, you know, there's also that aspect of like, maybe they don't care. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think that the racist undertones, overtones, issues really affect any of the previous scores, which is why I brought it up now. Mm-hmm, uh, because mm-hmm. I think that it would devalue the, the character scores because mm-hmm. it's not the character's fault that everything is overtly racist. Right. But it is the story's fault it's and it's the writer's fault. Mm-hmm. And the people who okayed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, all of this is the most important, but technically doesn't actually matter in the long run, because the only thing that truly matters is was the story neat or not? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Hell no, no, no. no. I'm not never going to no, no, take no. a, no, 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 a no. straight shot of racism willingly. Basically, the only <laughs> reason this story matters is if suddenly I decide that I'm going to be a college professor and we're talking right. about racism in film and television. Exactly. Then it totally this matters. This is a great example cool example this is four of classes of discussion covert racism yeah let's talk about the racism all of that absolutely it is important for that aspect is it a neat story no mm-hmm. but it's a good teaching tool so you said no i said no it's it's one of those that i think is interesting but i won't i can't give it the glory of being a neat episode because it's racist as fuck exactly 
And we don't condone that here. We don't. The fact that me being in the immigration rights movement, mm-hmm. being an immigration attorney, being an activist, missed this. Right. 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 Yeah. Is like, one, I have a lot more learning to do. Right. Two, it was just that good. Yeah. That's going to be it for this week. We have talked a whole lot about a lot of really intense. This was a, I think a subversive surprise subject matter, but yeah, you know, it's been a pretty intense episode. So next week we we led into the doctor tried some of Cyril's candy and started freaking out. So a bad drug trip. Maybe a bad drug trip. Maybe more <laughs> like he has bad toothache. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, candy, drugs, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Same thing. Yeah. Same bad breath. Thing. Yeah, bad breath. <laughs> um, now, the next episode is called The Gunfighters. Okay. And Are we going to talk about the Second Amendment? Look. <laughs> look. We're talking about The Gunfighters, and it's you and me in the room, so probably... <laughs> I got some thoughts. We've got some. I got some thoughts, and I haven't even seen the episode yet, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. for this week, stop calling people celestial. Toodles. Hey, y'all, it's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at On the Rocks Pod, all underscored, on Instagram. Or if you have comments or concerns or even better, whiskey recommendations, please send them to mediaontherockspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.